Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, Knoll Nation. Welcome, everyone. This is episode seven of the Believe in FSU Football Podcast. My name is Chris Sharp, and I am your host. Now, Believe is the number one sports podcast network out there. So whether you listen on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Luminary, the TuneIn app, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on it and we're available. We're covering the MLB, the NBA, the NFL, college sports, everything in the sports industry. We cover it and we have content for it. So please remember to like and subscribe to the show. And also you can follow me on Twitter at underscore Chris Sharp underscore or use the hashtag BelieveFSU to submit viewer questions. Now, it's been a crazy 24 to 36 hours in the Florida State community. Yesterday, head coach Willie Taggart, or on Sunday, head coach Willie Taggart was dismissed by David Coburn and also by President Thrasher. And they made a decision and had a whole press conference and released a statement as well. And essentially, the main gist was that economically and also just kind of a viewpoint as well of the program as a whole, the President Thrasher and David Coburn believe that Florida State was not progressing as well and that Coach Tagger was not leading the ship in a positive, positive direction. In fact, David Coburn even mentioned how the Miami game, the 27-10 to 10 loss, was eerily similar to the Virginia Tech loss in Coach Taggart's opening game. And honestly, it kind of was similar. There's a lot of procedure penalties, disorganization, players not getting lined up correctly, not having 11 guys on the field, having to waste timeouts with only having 10 men on on special teams. So when you have issues such as that still happening when you're in in your 21st game as a coach, then that's a problem, and that has to be addressed. And honestly, Coach Taggart, I I love the guy as a man. He was a great person to work with and work for. He was always nice. He would say hello in the mornings when I walked by, and he would say, how you doing? He was very polite. I know with Coach Fisher a couple of sometimes, not that Coach Fisher was, he was a great coach, an amazing guy, but it was kind of his way of the highway. And he was kind of a, he was, he was pretty stubborn as well. And he, maybe not the nicest guy all the time in the hallways either, but at the same time, Coach Tagger, he was a nice guy. You know, he would, he had a good message. Recruits liked him. Their families loved him even more. And in that family atmosphere that he really brought, that was really what Florida State needed for a little bit. And also, I saw on Twitter, someone really mentioned that one of their favorite things was how Coach Taggart made the players learn the fight song. And he made, and he, and he, well, he didn't make them, he convinced them, hey, let me show you the Bowden era. Let me show, show you the Bowden dynasty. Let me show you what Florida State truly is. Because a lot of the players, they didn't really know the history of Florida State. They didn't know who the all-time greats were. They didn't know who was on the 93 team, who was on the 99 team, the wide rights, the wire to wires. The, the the 14 years of being in the dominating college football. They didn't know about the whole all the streaks and all the efforts that the, all the all-time great Florida State players put in to make Florida State what it is today. They didn't and coach Tiger instilled that in these guys and they learned that. Now, it didn't really translate on the field with wins, but you could see a difference in the respect that the players had for the program and for the knowledge they had as well. So I, I got, I'm honestly very thankful for Coach Taggart for doing that. And I'm, I'm sad that things didn't work out in the field, but things just weren't organized. And Co- David Coburn and President Thrasher and the Boosters, they made it a call saying, look, it's this is not progressing, right? And honestly, the economy really depends on the Florida State football in Tallahassee. 
being in Tallahassee this weekend, I was talking to a lot of people saying, hey, you're going to the game this weekend, you're going to get involved. And a lot of people either didn't say the entire game, didn't go at all, or weren't even interested because they just didn't want to be hurt. I know my grandmother, actually, she's a, she's a huge Florida State fan. She went to Florida State uh, for her in grad school, and she just doesn't even watch the games anymore because it's too sad for her. She says, I, she's like, I'm not even going to, she literally told me, um, she says that she wasn't even going to turn the game on. She doesn't want to turn the game on because she doesn't want to be upset. And that's kind of permeating down throughout the fan base. Whether, whether you're elderly, whether you're middle-aged, or even a current student, you, part of you just doesn't, doesn't even want to watch because you just know that you might lose one. And also how you lose as well. It's one thing if you lose in a heartbreaking fashion or if you lose but you fought hard. But if you're just not executing, you're turning the ball over, you look disorganized, and you're getting negative plays almost on every down, it's just disheartening. And now the O-line was a huge problem and some other factors, the APR as well. But there's certain things that Coach Taggart and the whole staff could have controlled that what that didn't occur throughout his entire tenure. And so moving on right now, if you were going to do it right now is the time. And the athletic director, David Coburn, he's, he mentioned that even if they went 6-6 six and six, and say they beat Boston College and Alabama State but lost to Florida, going 6-6 six and six is still not the standard at Florida State. And that's only a one-game progression from the year previous when we went five and seven. So say even if you went seven and six, you won't, you go six and six and you win the bowl game, you still haven't beaten, beaten any rivals in two years. And honestly, it's still kind of a, the program is so far behind. So cutting bait right now was really the right, if you're going to do it, this is the right week to do it because that gives you a full month of the whole month of November to find your next coach, to find the guy who's going to lead the program in the future. And, that gives you a full month before the early signing period to kind of get that guy in and show him to the recruits. And a couple of kids decommitted to the last couple of days. I know Jalen Knighton, the running back, he was one. There are a few other guys as well that decommitted. But they said, hey, we're open to coming back to Florida State depending on what happens and depending on who's the coach. And right now, uh, Odell Higgins is the name, has been named the interim head coach similar to how he was in 2017 and I was there in the trenches I was right there when that happened and coach Higgins did a great job of keeping the program sound and keeping everyone focused straight forward because when Jimbo Fisher left in 2017 it was chaotic people were leaving left and right I remember Jay Graham the running backs coach we were at practice one day and one of the players said hey where's coach Graham and they realized oh he had gone to Texas A&M with Jimbo and other people were leaving as well you didn't know who was staying, who was going, but Coach Higgins did a good job of saying, hey, we are here to support Florida State. Yes, our coach left. Yes, things have gone awry, but we are here to represent Florida State University, and we're going to continue to do that. And honestly, Coach Higgins is the right guy to do that. He, he represent, he's been at the university for as a player and coach. He's been there for a little over 26 years now. So Coach Higgins is, is the man. He, he's honest, he also has the highest, uh, highest winning percentage in Florida State history. But hopefully that continues this week against Boston College. But his message will help keep the players focused. And he's also a great guy to talk to. I feel like he's a guy the players can really go to and kind of vent and say, hey, I am upset about Coach Taggart leaving. Or maybe if you're happy about it, you can go to him and talk to him. You can go to Coach Higgins and talk to him about that as well. So I believe that Coach Higgins is a good mentor and also a good leader in the situation. And that, yeah, he's not the guy for the long term, but for right now to get the guys to the season, he's the perfect person. And they will play for Coach Higgins because they know Coach Higgins, is, he'll back them up in the same way. And that he is a, he's a man of few words, but he, when he speaks, he, he means it. And he will let his mind be known. 
and he will help lead FSU, I believe, throughout the rest of the year. And if they can get a win on the road at Boston College, that's just that would be a huge testament to his his, his whole legacy. I mean, he's already a Hall of Famer, but that would really cement his legacy for sure if they went on the road at Boston College to secure a bowl game. And this whole situation has been very interesting the last couple. Of, every there's rumors popping up every other hour. It's been very intriguing to seeing where the program might go and what direction really the boosters and President Thrasher and David Coburn want to go into. Because President Thrasher and David Coburn, and even, they, they won't be there for the long term. They're here for maybe a, a year, maybe two years after this, and then they're gone. So whoever fills that gap and that void, they're going to have... They're going to want to set the next the successor up for success, and that means making a correct hire with this coach. And so, Coach Taggart, he was more of a player's coach, if you will. I mean, he still had he had, he was a good disciplinarian. He made the kid, the students, he made the players go to class, and he also no one also gotten there wasn't that many people getting in trouble off the field as well. That was certainly reduced. But with this next coach, you definitely want to have someone who has the legitimacy and also the will to kind of instill a new culture and a more disciplined culture in this program. Even with Coach Taggart, things were still a little bit too loose, especially on the field. Off the field, things shaped up a lot, but on the field, things were were still too loose. Players were making critical errors and mistakes, and coaches were not being held accountable as well. And those people were still being put into places to to either call the players or be on the field. For example, if you're making a mistake, if you have a personal foul penalty that's really dumb, you shouldn't be on the field the next snap. If someone off the bench should take your spot, take your spot until you can figure out, until you can prove that we can put you out there and be reliable. Same goes with the coach. If you're not having the, your players in the right position, to, to be in the right position during the game, there needs to be some consequences for that. Now that might be more internal versus external, like maybe not being fired. But all the same, you should be. There should be some consequences for your players not being ready to play. And as a position coach, you need to be held accountable for that. And so when you look at kind of prospects, I guess the the number one, the the, the Coupe de la Gras, if you will, has been bought big game Bob Stoops. So Bob Stoops is, is apparently the top target right now. He's a guy. He's a top a guy in the rumor mill, if you will, the head, the hot coaching candidate. And he Bob Stoops would be a home run hire if Florida State brought in Bob Stoops. I believe that would be a home run hire. Maybe not for the long term, but certainly for a three to four year period of time, Bob Stoops would help right the ship. And here's kind of let's just kind of backtrack and remember what Bob Stoops did in college football. So he was at the University of Oklahoma for 18 years. He had a record of 190 and 48, 190 and 48, and he had 18 consecutive bowl game appearances, 10 Big 12 conference titles. He won the 2000 national championship, which ironically was against Florida State. Oklahoma won 13 to two, and he also he also was in the national title game against Florida in 08 as well. And so overall. Bob Stoops was a legend in college football. He's currently working uh, with the Dallas Legends right now in, in, a, in a, 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 kind of a, a smaller football league as a kind of a coach and general manager. And he has no buyout right now, too. That's really crucial because Florida State did just pony up $20 million to buy out Coach Taggart. And so if they can hire a coach that's credible and also legitimate without having to pay a huge buyout as well, that would be a huge get. Now, Coach Stoops is—he's getting close to sixty years old, so that's one factor. But he, when he retired from Oklahoma, he said it was not a health thing. He here's a quote from an article he gave when he retired. He says, "My health was not the, the deciding factor in, the, in this decision, and I've had no incidents that would prevent me from coaching. I feel the timing is perfect to hand over the reins—that is, to the reins, hand over the reins to Lincoln Riley. The program is in tremendous shape." 
So basically, Coach Stoops just wanted to take a break, and he felt like, hey, Lincoln Riley's the guy. It's his time to shine. And honestly, some people just need a change. Coach Stoops was there for 18 years, and he'd already won a national title, so that spark might have been gone just a little bit. But if you throw him in a new situation with a new challenge, with solid facilities, great infrastructure, you're in the state of Florida, there's plenty of town around you. And the ACC, yes, Clemson's still on top, but it's not, it's not like you're not in the SEC. It's not the deepest conference. There's still plenty of room for a team to rise from the from, rise up and really take control of the conference as well, or take it back from Clemson, I should say. So there's plenty of there's plenty of wiggle room in the ACC. So Coach Stoops, this could be a prime opportunity, and with no buyout at all, then that's even better because Florida State can save that money and then put it toward either facilities, a better coaching staff, maybe towards recruiting, or who knows really. And honestly, I feel like the people, the boosters that raise the money, they'll 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 invest the money to end up making more money in the long run. Because if Florida State can get back to be a perennial, even just top twenty-five program, that helps everyone out. College town, it's already popping as it is, but it'll be packed to the brim. If say you have Florida State versus Miami, or you have Florida State versus uh, Clemson in Tallahassee or even with the Gators coming to town, and it's packed as a top 25 matchup, a night game, maybe college game days in town, that will change a lot of narratives and really help the economy as well. And honestly, with games with, because we schedule games with Alabama, LSU, and Georgia in the future, and so Florida State has to right the ship right now because, yes, those, those games are like you know five, ten years from now, but to build up to be in contention for those games, you have to get your program off its feet. And right now, Florida State's not even, it's barely even a bowl team. And if you're going to com- not be embarrassed by Alabama, Georgia, or LSU in the future, or even Clemson, Florida, and Miami, then you have to get off your feet right now. And you can't wait till 2022 after you've been 7-5 and five for a couple of years and then decide, okay, now we need to shape up. It takes time to build a program. For example, on the O-line, it takes, t- it takes a whole three, t- two to three, maybe even four years to develop O-linemen. Same with the quarterback sometimes. It takes time to really get a program going and to build depth. And Florida State's had some smaller classes in the last couple of years just because of coaching turnovers. So building that depth has been hard. So getting that back is going to take time. That's why you have to pounce right now. So Coach Stoops, he's probably the top prospect right now. And I think, I think him as more of a general manager kind of coach, a CEO, that would be a perfect role for him in that he can whoever he hires as coordinator, whether he keeps Coach Levitt or, again, Coach Browse or he brings his own guys in, Coach Stoops can instill, hey, this is what we're doing. This is my mantra. Here's my program. He can kind of be the CEO type. He can still call some plays and you know execute here and there, but at the same time, he can kind of let his coaches do their jobs, but also hold them accountable and also hold the players accountable as well. And he can be a good spokesperson and a good representative of the university. So overall, I think Coach Stoops is probably the best choice. There's some other options out there. I think Florida State wants to go with a head coach who has experience, there's some hot coordinators. I know like Billy Na- or or hot young coaches. Like I know like Billy Napier, Brent Venables, and Mike Norvell. Those are all some coaches slash coordinators who are very appealing. That they have a they've produced at a high level for their respective programs. Brent Venables is a D coordinator at Clemson. Mike Norvell is the head coach at Memphis, and then Billy Napier. Billy Napier is also doing a great job as well. He he was at Alabama for a time, but now he's kind of moved on. So. I feel like he he's a, he's a, Billy Napier is a good offensive mind as well. So I believe that those are some hot, interesting candidates. But at the same time, they don't have the necessary experience, in my opinion, to really. They're more of a I would say a B minus C kind of hire. And I, in the long term, it could be great. But 
it's a little bit risky just because of the experience is now. Now, Mike, Ver- Mike Norvell has some experience, but he's kind of similar to Coach Taggart because he's Norvell's coaching at Memphis right now, and they're doing a great, they're having a great season. They just beat SMU, uh, and Memphis is ranked in the top twenty-five as well. But Norvell has not coached as has been has not been a head coach for a Power Five program, so that's kind of a huge difference. Some other options are Matt Campbell. He's the Ohio. He's the Iowa. Sorry, Iowa State head coach Matt Campbell. He's pretty young at age 39, and he only has a $6 million buyout right now. So it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. And he's 5-3 and three on the season as well. Uh, and in 24-22 and 22 overall at Iowa State. So it'll be very interesting to see if maybe Matt Campbell's considered. He's a little bit on the younger side, but he's, so he's more of a, I'd say he's more of a backup option in that you might want to have somebody with more experience coaching this team. Then P.J. Fleck is an interesting guy. Uh, row the boat. He's the head coach of Minnesota, and Minnesota's 8-0 right now. And Minnesota is 8-0. I never thought I would say that, but they are 8-0. And P.J. Fleck, he's an interesting guy. I don't know if his personality maybe fits Florida State. I think he's a little bit too – he has never really recruited in the Southeast. He's kind of more of a northern kind of guy, in my opinion. So it'll be interesting to see where they go with that. And now P.J. Fleck did take Western Michigan to the Cotton Bowl a couple of years ago, even though they lost to Wisconsin. But that was still a huge accomplishment, so – P.J. Fleck can certainly coach, but I'm not sure how his relation to the players would be or how he would fit into the culture at Florida State. And then a very interesting candidate is Lane Kiffin. Yes, Lane Kiffin, not my number one or number two or even number three kind of option, but that could be a boomer bust prospect hire because Lane Kiffin, he worked with Kendall Bryles at FAU in 2017, so they have a relationship already. And also, Kiffin has recruited the Southeast. He's been in the state of Florida at FAU for the last couple of seasons. FAU is 22-13 and 13 in the last couple of seasons. So that could be an interesting hire if they did bring Lane Kiffin in. But there's a lot of baggage that with USC, uh, Tennessee, and the Oakland Raiders as well. And if Kiffin's not in the right mind, or if he's not, sorry, not that he's crazy, but like if he's not, he needs to be held in check, I believe, sometimes. He, you know, at, at FAU, he can kind of go off and run his own show. It's a smaller program, so he can do what he wants. But Florida State... Any wrong statements or any wrong sentiments can go a long way. And he already has a history of Florida and some other schools at one of, through his time at Tennessee. So it'll be interesting to see what about Lane Kiffin. But overall, I think Bob Stoops is definitely the guy. Now, Mark Stoops, Bob's brother, he's an interesting hire. I mean, he's, at, he's a head coach at the Kentucky, University of Kentucky right now. And he was a D coordinator at Florida State for a few years. But the issue, the thing with uh, Mark Stoops is that his buyout is at least twenty million. So that's uh, that's a lot to pay. And then he also he's had success at Kentucky, but he hasn't really gone above and beyond. Now it's hard to do that at Kentucky in the SEC. But he has. It's not like they've been to like the college football playoffs or they've been to major bowl games every season. And also he's failed to beat Florida like, a lot as well. And that's kind of one of the things you got to do. You got to be Florida. Now, whether it's the Kentucky's resources or other things, I still kind of, it's kind of, it's kind of still troublesome seeing, oh, his record against Florida and that a lot of those games they should have won. They just didn't get it done. So I'm kind of a little bit worried about a carryover back to Tallahassee if he was hired. I think he would be a solid hire here and he would instill some discipline and some foundation to this program. But it's still the buyout and all those factors. And I feel like Coach Stoops, Bob Stoops, that is, the older brother, he might be a better fit because when he brings that polarization, like if he walks into your living room, you're probably going to sign with him, honestly. If you're a high school kid and you see Bob Stoops walking in your living room and he maybe shows a couple of rings, shows a couple of little flair, you know the history, you know the pageantry and all what he's done and how he's established Oklahoma to empower, then I think he might sign with Bob Stoops, honestly. 
and he might bring some some value and some uh, respect and some pedigree back to Florida State as well. So all in all, it's a very interesting situation. Florida State is in um it's it's in, we're at a crossroads right now. We're at we're at a crossroad right now, and we're either gonna have a, another dark ages or another lost decade, or we're gonna rise up from this. So the question is, where does it, where does the program go from here? Who's in charge? In the long term, who's in charge in the short ter- short term, and how is this going to go from the future? Because Florida State, they still need to fix their own line. They have to find the quarterback of the future, whether it's Jeff Sims sticking around or somebody else, maybe a transfer. They also have the defense. There's talent there, but some is leaving. And like Cam Makers, he's going pro, most likely. Marvin Wilson's most likely going pro. Tomorion Terry could go pro. Corey Durden. There's a couple guys here who could leave, especially with their coach being gone. And that's a lot of talent that's going and the issue is with recruiting right now that there's some talent coming in, but it's not at the same level. And unless you become a whole team, unless you play as a whole team, even if you do play as a whole team, you need the talent, the five stars, the four stars, those freak athletes to really come in and make an impact. So that's really the key. you got to get confidence back in the fans and the players and the program, bring in more talent, instill some discipline in, in, into the culture, and then you'll slowly rise up and become a power back once again the ACC and then hopefully in college football as well. So this week we have Boston College on the schedule. It's on the road. It's up north. It's going to be a cold one. So hopefully Coach Higgins can get the boys ready to go on the road. And this is going to be interesting to see on two different sides because everyone's going to be focused on the coaching search aspect, but I'm also focused on the current team right now. And I want to see how these guys play. Coach Hagan said they play, they practice like champions on Sunday. Even after they learned that Coach Taggart had been fired, they practice hard. They came out there and they worked their butts off in practice. So I want to see, is that motivation, is that heart still there on Saturday when they take on BC? And we'll have a preview of that game later on this week, but I just definitely I wanted to discuss the different factors and different coaches that might be involved in this whole co- coaching search and what Florida State might be looking for in the future. But honestly, it's, it's very interesting to see. I mean, Coach Deuce, whether it comes in or not, that's, he's the number one option, I believe. But there's some other options out there as well. And then the sooner they get somebody in, the better, because that way they can go in home with these recruits, get in person, talk to these guys, and say, hey, come on board. It's still Florida State University. Tallahassee's still a great place to be. I'm here now, and we're going to have a good time, and we're going to turn this program around. So we, we, shall, we shall see what goes down, but... All in all, Florida State's definitely in an interesting situation. And this has been the Believe in FSU Football Podcast. Please remember to like and subscribe to the show and follow me on Twitter at underscore Chris Sharp underscore. And go Knowles always. No matter what happens in this program, no matter what happens in the future, it's always go Knowles. And I, I suggest and recommend and I highly endorse this factor of keeping the belief going in that you have to keep supporting the program. Like if you don't support the program, then the program will not succeed. And that means whether it's financially, emotionally, or just kind of just positive vibes in general. If you attend the games, donate money, because all these other schools, the, how they got to the top of the program, they gave money, they gave effort, and they gave time as well. And we can't just sit back and complain on Twitter online. We have to show the university, hey, I want this to happen, and this is how we're going to do it. And that's by contributions and raising revenue and also making your voice be heard and supporting don't just be a Twitter warrior. Actually contribute and be a person that contributes to the program. So thank you for tuning in to Episode 7 of the Believe in FSC Football Podcast. And Episode 8 will come out later this week.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.